Welcome to the Evangelizing Catholic Culture Podcast Show with your host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Father David is a retired priest currently ministering in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at Our Lady Queen of Peace House of Evangelization. You can find the show notes for each episode on the podcast website, evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. The teachings in this podcast are the thoughts and prayers of Father Tickerhoof and are based upon his good standing in the Catholic Church. And now, here's your host, Father David. You can find the show notes at evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com. Look for the show, Turning from Sin Toward God, Episode 8. Good day to everybody. This is uh, Father David, and uh, we're celebrating the beginning of the wonderful time of the resurrection on this day of April 3rd, when Mary Magdalene herself comes to the tomb, the beautiful disciple of Mary, who followed Jesus and loved him, and he appeared to her before he appeared to the disciples. In the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus proclaimed that the kingdom of God had already come, and the condition for entering the reign of God was conversion a change of mind, a change of heart, a becoming new. In the New Testament, repentance is usually presented in the context of conversion, a conversion which consists in both interior and exterior notions. When viewing conversion from an interior point of view, it means, quote, a change of heart, unquote. And from an external consideration, it means a change that entails, quote, living a new way of life, unquote. The change of heart is is primary in the sense that the heart needs to respond to the work of grace, which then secondarily leads to deciding to live a new way of life. In the scriptures, this is important, in the scriptures, repentance and penance are interchangeable notions. Looking at repentance from a moral point of view, it means, quote, turning from a sinful life back to God, unquote. In the New Testament, a radical, meaning root, a radical change of heart moves one to break from a sinful way of life. When we hear the word penance in our contemporary society, the understanding we usually have is that it means uh, going to confession, sacrament of confession or reconciliation or acts of mortification or uh, fasting or external things that we have to do that we don't really like to do too much. However, from a biblical point of view, penance or repentance means a radical new life in Christ which depends on faith and expressed in love. 
It is primarily an internal attitude, and it necessarily involves an, extend, an external manifestation. So penance is not just primarily external practices like fasting, almsgiving, saying devotions, particular prayers, doing charitable works, but, but it is a new way of living which elicits acts of love, mercy, and justice. When looking at conversion from a prophetic point of view, it invo involves a, 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 the power and grace of turning back and experiencing a deep experience of compassion, of mercy. On the part of an individual, it is a turning away from sin which is ungodly, and on the part of God, it's a gift of compassion which is expressed in forgiveness. This action of repentance or penance is truly a life-giving, spirit-filled experience within the dynamic action of conversion. Therefore, the demand to do penance is living a new way of life in Christ. These uh, reflections come from a, a book written by uh, Father Robert Stewart, a Franciscan OFM, and I'll quote it in Latin as what he wrote it in. It's De Ilis Qui Facia Penitentiam, quote, unquote. It's in, they're coming from his book. So therefore, a penitent is one who is living a way of life which expresses the Christian way of life at a high level of perfection. One who is growing in being completed in living the, quote, Christ life. Doing penance is a call to conversion by doing penance, which is growing in union with God, and is one who is making the power of God utmost in one's life. In a real sense, penance is the way one lives the gospel and embraces it generously in growing to salvation. A penitent lives a life of penance which is conditioned by a maturation process in the social conditions of one's life through conversion. For example, Francis of Assisi. Francis lived in a, a penitential cultural in the Middle Ages. His whole culture was a penitential culture in which he sought contact with God through penance. Now in terms of his conversion, Francis experienced two stages of conversion in his life. In the first stage, he gradually went through changes which seemed somewhat uh, ambiguous. Uh, hard to grab onto. He tried twice to gain worldly renown by becoming a knight. In the first incident, he participated in a battle between Assisi and Perugia in which he was captured and spent a year in prison, where he became in prison totally broken person. And it took him a long time after he left was, was freed to rehabilitate. Yet, he tried again when he traveled to Spoleto and came across an old battered knight who had nothing. Francis, in compassion, gave him all his new equipment and now, with greater insight in what God wanted from him, 
he returned to Assisi to face the rage of his father. Working in his father's shop where he gave, gave alms, alms to the poor and at the same time prayed for long periods of time in the caves in the nearby mountain. St. Bonaventure writes about that. In one of the, at the time that he was at the end of this phase of his life, praying for six hours, in one of the caves, he had an apparition of life-size Jesus crucified. Francis was so touched, but it was so pierced by the love coming from the heart of Christ that it just filled him and pierced him with the painful experience of compassion. This stage climaxed according to St. Bonaventure in this life-size vision of Christ crucified. And he was so pierced by the painful rays of divine love from the suffering heart of Christ that he was totally transformed into a young man filled with great compassion. Now in the second stage of his conversion, when Francis was not fully converted, significantly took place on the plains of Assisi, when Francis encountered a leper, which he totally abhorred, totally abhorred lepers. And in, in love, he embraced the leper. And he kissed the leper on the cheeks, as the, as the traditions goes. This event brought about a complete conversion because he experienced internally a transforming healing of compassion and mercy in his heart and life for the poor and the suffering, and the diseased. From that point on, he took care of the lepers in the leprosarium. He says in his writings that from that point on, he was completely a completely converted man. And then he says, quote, he lingered a little and finally left the world. This stage in his life led to externally renouncing the world by stripping himself naked in front of the bishop in the whole town of Assisi. But what is this notion of leaving the world? You know, what, what does it mean to leave the world? In the Middle Ages, when you left the world, you left the, the life that you were living humanly, and you joined some form of, of, of consecrated life. That's what leaving the world. Now, it's going to be a little bit different for us that we'll talk about in a few moments. But when he, he symbolized this, when his father, irate, wanted the money back and was so angry with him and he dis was disowning him and he, he pulled him in front of the bishop and the whole town of Assisi, Francis stripped himself naked before the crowd, returning not only the money but also his clothes to Pietro, his father, calling from that day forward only God his father. By this gesture, Francis repudiated his entire past and displayed his intent to do penance. Now in those days, nakedness was a form of humiliation practiced by public penitence. Francis expressed symbolically but through his nakedness the, the rigorous goal, goal of penance and following that way of life. The goal of following Christ in that ancient tradition Francis had become the penitent. By this act, this conversion, he embraced much more than a simple spiritual change. 
He made a choice to life, a special social life as a penitent. Responding to the hour of his father, he returned all the money he was using to restore the area chapels. He returned all his clothes to his father. And then the crucifix in San Damiano Chapel that spoke to him and told him to go and rebuild his church. At this point, Francis received now, the, the, he received a vision and a mission of his call flowing from his total conversion to Christ crucified and a clear direction for his spiritual journey. We find this account in the life of Francis of Assisi by Mancelli, pages 55 and the following. However, what does lingering a little and then finally leaving the world mean for us? This meant for Francis, as I said, the, the, the join in a, living in a penitential culture to join a consecrated form of life. Francis tried living this out as a life of evangelical poverty for a short period of time. However, others wanted to be with Francis and to do what he was doing. So Francis and those who journeyed, joined him, they entered a form of consecrated life. However, there was others who wanted to join him, this is interesting, they wanted to join him, but they couldn't because they were not able in light of family ties or social situations. He, Francis, eventually gave them some guidelines for living and starting to live the gospel, but in a non-consecrated situation. This approach eventually became a secular order in the church for lay men and lay women who wanted to imitate Francis' spiritual journey while handling their, while handling their God-given responsibilities in the world and also living an evangelical way of life. However, for us speaking this, for us speaking generally, this is a different matter. What does leaving the world mean for us, lay men and women, and also families, living in an affluent, busy, stressing, engaging modern society? For us, it may mean prayerfully seeking, no matter what season, stage, or age we are in at this time in our life, in prayer, and in the light of the Holy Spirit, to seek a renewed and clear personal vision for our life given to us by God's mercy and grace. Quote, leaving the world, unquote, in relationship to penance means this. It means leaving in our time the worldliness of reality. We see it on television, the way people dress, how they act, how they behave, how they scream, how they... We see it everywhere. There's an excessive preoccupation with all of the things of this wanting things and wanting them instantly and wanting them all. And we see it in so many ways, in so many ways. The commercials on television clearly give us indication of what it means to leave the worldliness um, and, and uh, not living an act of... This, this notion of leaving the worldliness of reality does not mean leaving active, responsible presence in our society. Uh, that needs to be clear. And consider to seriously evaluate 
and reorder some of the values and external practices of our life. Francis's conversion acts as a sign for us. Although we had not had a vision of Jesus crucified, we still experience suffer, suffering, misery, loneliness, pain, disappointment, rejection, and abandonment as we live in this modern, fast-moving, technological world. It may be certain for each one of us that we desire to truly be and live as a Christian in this postmodern world. Is it possible for us that penance could mean for us a deeper conversion from a life centered on the personal I to a life centered on a rich life of grace centered on God's loving and caring will for our lives? Are we able to listen to Jesus preaching to us a life of repentance or penance? Not specific actions externally, but a conversion of heart. Not simply penitential practices, but a life lived, quote, in God. In the course of time, a life lived in a way in which we are molded to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we not be concerned primarily with some kind of external activities alone, or practices of particular virtues as we should be concerned with living a life according to the form of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, let me give you another example which you're all probably very familiar with. What do we mean by penance? Many of us know well the story of King David, sin with the Sheba. Through the prophet Nathan, God confronts David over grave sins, adultery, and murder. The guilty sovereign responds by confessing his sin to the prophet and to God. Then he humbles himself by exchanging his royal raiment for humble sackcloth, in hope that the child born from him and Bathsheba, who was gravely ill, the child, would be spared from death, and for a week he lies on the ground and refuses all food. David is performing self-imposed penance in his deep grief for his wrongdoing. His attitudes and behavior illustrate how genuine penance includes both an interior and exterior aspects. Interior penance is the conversion of heart, a turning away from sin and a turning toward God. It involves the penitent's intention to change one's life because he hopes in God's abundant, beautiful, healing mercy. We see David's change of heart shown in his interior attitude and it's reflected in his prayer of repentance on this occasion, which we read many times in it's recorded in Psalm 51. He demonstrates external acts of penance by wearing sackcloth and fasting from all food. External acts of penance include such actions as prayer, fasting, almsgiving, practice of charity in all its forms, and giving to those in need. Just recall, for example, the story of the Good Samaritan, which you all have heard many times in St. Luke's Gospel, and other appropriate practices that the Holy Spirit would lead us to. These behaviors, externally as well as internally, have several purposes. 
for example, they demonstrate the penitent's intention to change, to detach him or her from the things that they love too much, the excesses of life, the harmful excesses of life, whether it be drugs, pills, alcohol, food, sex, whatever. Drawing one closer to God, repairing some of the damage caused by personal sin, and participating in the reparation and atonement to God, which is satisfaction given to God out of love, made by Christ through his death on the cross and his resurrection to new life. We can find this explanation in the New American Bible questions and answers. Being a penitent actually has a rich and profound meaning for our spiritual life when they are connected to the interior life of grace and the work of doing the mission. There are two major concepts which are united and operate in the dynamic experience of transforming grace in our lives. Two sides of the same coin, so to speak. The first is our deepest aspiration to be united with Jesus in being missionary disciples of intercession, reparation, and atonement to the Father and to one another. And the second is also being united with Jesus in the offering of one's life as a ransom for the many, the splendid gift of one's love-filled salvation, the, the, the offering one's life and sacrifices in one's life out of love for the sake of others that we care for and love. Both of these life-giving realities are intimately entwined through our dynamic participation and union with our glorified Lord Jesus, together fulfilling Jesus' mission in the establishment on this earth of the kingdom of God. May we pray. Lord Jesus, to you is eternal life. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the living God. I love you and I place my trust in you. I am sorry for all my sins and for withholding myself in any way from you. Please forgive me and heal any pain I have caused others. I forgive anyone who has hurt me and I ask you to bless them. In your name, Jesus, I renounce anything in my life that is not of you that I have welcomed into my mind or heart. Wash me in your mercy and fill me with your precious blood and the Holy Spirit. Father, all of my need for love and affection is found in your embrace. May I never leave my home in your heart again. And by your grace, I resolve to remain in your shelter and abide Abide in your shade, where you restore to me the joy of your salvation. Amen. This prayer was brought about by Father John Horn and those who work with him. May God bless you. The opinions on this broadcast are those of Father Tickerhoof. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and please share this podcast with a friend. And to contact Father David, email him at frdavid.com.
jt at gmail.com. And be sure to leave Father a star rating on any podcast app. You can find more information about Father David on evangelizingcatholicculturepodcast.com.